All right, so I am back. If you guys have listened to my previous show, the Happy Astronaut Show, which I changed over to the John Williams Show. It's the same show, pretty much, um, except I'm going to be doing a little bit more conversations around health and fitness because that's the primary space that I work in. I recently bought a gym, and I have wanted to do a podcast since I've purchased the gym. And one of the reasons I want to do a podcast is because I, I speak to people all day about how they should approach fitness and health and nutrition and healthy habits. I do accountability coaching with my clients here at the gym. And I also uh, obviously train people. I give people nutrition coaching. I give people habit coaching. So I was like, well, this information is more useful to just my clients. So why don't I just put it out there for everybody to listen to? So everything I provide to my clients, all the high value information, I think my clients who are trying to get healthier and healthier habits um, should really need, uh, I'm going to provide on this show. And a little bit about myself and my background, so you guys know that I at least have a little bit of information in the space. Um, my name is obviously John Williams. I have my bachelor's degree in exercise science, so it doesn't mean I'm an expert in anything by any means, but I at least have a good overview of basic muscle physiology, uh, musculoskeletal anatomy, biomechanics, uh, in basic human physiology, so I I have a I have an okay understanding of these things, and it allows me to sort of sift out through some of the, let's face it, the bullshit that you hear. Although, granted, a lot of trainers out there say that they suss out bullshit. So, uh, you know, I'm just I guess one of those guys. I try to be as uh, non-biased as possible, but obviously, as scientists, we all try to be non-biased, and then. Our biases creep into everything that we do, and we will talk about that in the world of nutrition today. So I'm not an expert in nutrition, so when it comes to this conversation, take it with multiple grains of salt. However, I do have enough understanding to at least give you guys at least a an overview of what's going on in the nutrition space. Uh, I have been a trainer for about four years. I started when I was 18. And then after college, I well, during college, I had some internships, and then I was a personal trainer on my personal training company that I ran a company called Fidio, which is a tech product um, you can get in the app store. It's a marketplace for workout programs. And then from there, I bought a gym, and now I train people here at the gym and still run Fidio and do all that fun stuff. So that's a little bit of background about me and why I'm at least relatively qualified to have this conversation, although I wouldn't say I'm super qualified to have this conversation but I'm not going to give you guys any sort of recommendations here. I'm going to give you some uh, – <laughs> there are no recommendations to give when it comes to nutrition. It, this space, as you'll see, is all over the places towards what people think are the uh, correct ways to eat. And you're going to find that out pretty quick as to how different everybody thinks. So what is the current state of nutrition? The current state of nutrition is you have a whole bunch of people – saying a whole bunch of different things who all know a lot, but they're limited by the amount of research that has been done. At the moment, there's really no good high-quality long-term studies around nutrition. So there's a lot of multi-year studies. There's a lot of animal studies. There's a lot of rat studies that say, hey, maybe this is one way to eat. Maybe this is another way to eat. However, there are no good long-term human trials around nutrition. So you have a lot of people who have beliefs as to how you should eat one direction or the other. And 
the current state of nutrition is you have a whole bunch of really smart people saying completely different things. And it gets really confusing as the end user, like, what am I supposed to eat if I don't know anything about human physiology? I just want to know, should I be eating chicken or steak or vegan or whatever the case might be? What's the best thing? How am I going to live longer and feel better and be healthier? And that's a very hard question to answer. So I'm going to go through a whole bunch of research that I've been doing recently and give you guys my overview as to what I think the current state of nutrition is. But then we'll talk at the end about some core fundamental rules that you should be following or not even should be following, but you might want to try in order to be generally healthier. So again, do we know what we should eat? The answer is no. Uh, But like I said, there are some good rules. They're not super solid rules, but there are relatively good rules that if you follow those rules, um, you'll be able to be healthier and reach a lot of the health and fitness goals that you have. But when it comes to living longer, we really don't know how to do that with just nutrition. We know how to do it with like an overall healthy lifestyle, which we'll talk about in another episode. But with just nutrition, we really don't know the best strategy for longevity. So I'm going to describe sort of my nutritional research that I've been doing as of late. I've been getting very interested in the space. It's a fascinating topic. And there's just so many rabbit holes to go down. There's the keto rabbit hole. There's the low-carb, high-fat rabbit hole. There's the lean-fat rabbit hole. There's the vegan rabbit hole. There's just so many places to go with nutrition that it's really a fascinating topic to research. And where it all kind of started for me was with my business partner and examining sort of a carnivore keto type of diet. I actually was about to run a keto study when I was in college, unfortunately it never panned out because I thought that was a really interesting way to approach nutrition. I was doing the keto diet at the time and I was feeling good. I was losing body fat and I was like, okay, maybe this is a cool thing to study. So I, I was about to run a, a study around the keto diet, but it never came to fruition. After that, my one of my business partners started doing the carnivore diet. I was like, well, that's really interesting. So we had a lot of conversations around the carnivore diet and that the the reasons for doing the carnivore diet were fascinating because you think, well, everybody's been telling you to eat fruits and vegetables. And now people are coming along and saying, no, just eat meat. And not just, just eat meat. Eat the highest fat meat you can find. Eat nose to tail. Um, you know, have you know, a, a ribeye is not going to be bad for you. It's actually going to be good for you. So that was a fascinating rabbit hole to go down. One of the reasons my business partner went down this rabbit hole was because of a woman named Dr. Kate Shanahan. And she described that when it comes to heart disease, one of the reasons why people get heart disease and heart disease has been going up in America, obviously in the past, let's say 70 years since the 1950s, 1960s, um, is because not of consuming cholesterol, not of consuming fat as we once thought, right? Everybody's been pushing this low fat, low sodium diet, which has turned into the American standard diet, which has unfortunately made us all fat. Um, But she said seed oils like vegetable oil and canola oil have been destroying our arteries. And those are actually to blame for heart disease more so than eating animal fat. Eating animal fat, according to her, is actually quite good for you. So I'll post some links at some point. I'll go through it. I'll edit this show and I'll throw some links here in the uh, the description. But when it comes to the seed oil, she makes a very good argument that when it comes to fat in the bloodstream, 
it's not about just consuming fat. It's consuming certain types of fats and primarily fats that have been oxidized before you consume them. So when it comes to seed oils like vegetable oil, the way they produce these seed oils is by heating up the seeds at a very high temperature. This destroys the fat itself. It oxidizes it. And then as a result of that oxidization, it cannot be uh, bound to receptors. And so it just gets floated through the bloodstream, building up over time, and then causing blockages that end up causing ruptures that cause heart disease and heart attacks, so on and so forth. I'm definitely oversimplifying this, and I'm also probably butchering some of it, but I'll link a YouTube video from Dr. Kate Shanahan uh, in the show notes that goes through this whole topic, and it's, it's quite fascinating. It also changes your perspective a little bit. So after this, I was spending a lot more time you know, just eating with the high-fat, uh, low-carb diet, you know, mostly just eating high-fat meats and vegetables, and this all seemed good until I went and I found this guy, Dr. David Sinclair. He spends a lot of time on longevity. He's a PhD in, I want to say, genomics. Um, he runs a lab at Harvard, and he does a lot of gene studies at Harvard. And his argument is you want to, there's a whole bunch of things you want to do to be healthy, and pretty much his main argument is aging is because of the breakdown of genes and there is no physical law that says we have to age. Um, basically, his, his overall argument is uh, if, you, if you follow the diet of people who live long, you'll live long. So there are these things called blue zones. Uh, Okinawa in Japan, Loma Linda in California are a couple of examples of these blue zones. And these people eat uh, usually very low-fat, uh, higher-carb diets. And a lot of the times they either stay away from meat, they limit meat, or they don't eat meat entirely. So there's a lot of vegans in these, in these communities. And to eat for longevity, to live to over 100, this is a strategy they might want to employ. And we're going to talk about some of the long-term research around this. There are long-term studies of these people who live in these blue zones. If you do some research on blue zones, it's, it's actually quite fascinating. Um, these people who live in these places and they live very long, it's way longer than the typical American. And David Sinclair promotes a low-fat, low-meat, more vegetarian-based diet. And then one of the reasons, there's a whole bunch of them, uh, and he has a podcast uh, called Lifespan, which you should definitely check out. He has a book called Lifespan as well, which I'll be reading at some point soon. And maybe I'll make a podcast about it when I do end up reading it. And one of the arguments he makes for this low-fat diet, this you know vegan, vegetarian diet, is because when you eat a diet high in protein, you turn on this gene called mTOR. mTOR helps you build muscle. Uh, it helps you get stronger. But it also is inversely correlated with uh, longevity. So if mTOR is on longer and longer throughout a day or a week or whatever the case might be, um, and you're stimulating mTOR, uh, you're actually breaking down your genome, which is causing aging and early death. So it's negatively correlated, in his opinion, with longevity. Once I listened to Dr. David Sinclair, I was like, oh, shoot, maybe I should be eating a, lo a lower-fat diet because I was still eating uh, a high-fat, high-meat diet. I was like, maybe I should shift more to a Mediterranean-style diet, which is a lot of greens, vegetables, fruits, and then you know a little bit of fish. 
Uh, but I wanted to learn more and I wanted to hear him in a debate. So I think debates are really great because I still don't understand some of the core physiology around what these guys are talking about, right? I just mentioned mTOR, but I really don't understand the mechanisms. At some point, I'm going to spend more time researching and learning these mechanisms, but I don't know yet. So what I have to do is I have to listen to people debating each other to see, hey, who has better points? Like who's, who's winning? And of course, some of winning in a debate is just who has the better debating style. But, um, but you, you know, at least you can figure out, hey, who's, who makes a really good point that's the other person's having a hard time defending? So there's this guy on Instagram. You can look him up, Carnivore MD. He's, in my opinion, he's a little bit abrasive on Instagram, but I think he has a fantastic podcast. It's called Fundamental Health. And back in 2019, he did a, he had a conversation slash debate with David Sinclair. And when it comes to that mTOR gene, He's actually done some research, Paul Saladino, that says it's actually not uh, just protein that turns on this mTOR gene. Carbohydrates and the intake of carbohydrates uh, can do it as well, and actually possibly even more so. And Paul Saladino, he is, like I said, the carnivore MD. His whole diet is basically uh, meat, fruit, and dairy, which you're probably thinking to yourself, well, that's just going to clog up his arteries. And he has some salient arguments as to why that might not be the case. I don't want to get too much into that um, because as I continue on this conversation, you're going to see that the research just doesn't support any claims at the moment. Um, but Paul Saldino made some claims and some good arguments that this mTOR gene might not be stimulated primarily from protein intake. It actually also might be stimulated from carbohydrate intake and maybe even more so. And Dr. David Sinclair actually agreed with him. And the whole time, Paul Saladino is just trying to get him to eat a steak with him at some point. Because uh, at this point, uh, David Sinclair has been eating a uh, primarily vegetarian, uh, vegan diet. Once I got there, I wanted to do some more research into like saturated fats and high-fat diets to see, hey, which, which of these two is supposed to be correct? Because you know, Paul Saladino made some great arguments. David Sinclair had less good arguments to back up his claims. So I was like, okay, well, let's listen to a couple other people and see what they say. So the next stop was listening to a debate between Chris Kresser, who is a acupuncturist, but he also has uh, – he's done a lot of research into nutritional sciences, and he's very well-read in this space. And then this guy, Dr. Joel Kahn, who is a cardiologist, and they had a debate on the Joe Rogan podcast, and pretty much what I found out through this debate – is this is where I really found out that hey we don't really have a lot of research in this to- on this topic that's long term that's high quality, and Chris Kresser, or let me backtrack a little bit. Joel Kahn kept bringing up these long term epidemiological studies. I said that wrong. Epidemiological studies about nutrition in these blue zones, which I mentioned before, and how people in these blue zones they ate this this lower fat diet. Um, you know, more vegetable-based diet. Dr. Joel Kahn is a vegan himself, and these this led to longer-term outcomes. The unfortunate thing about these epidemiological studies is they're observational studies. They're based on questionnaires, so pretty much they hand people a piece of paper and say, "Hey, just fill this questionnaire out and uh, you know send it back to us and just pretty much describe what you eat." The problem with that is I've seen it myself when I do a consultation with a client. I ask them what their nutrition is like, and they just lie their ass off. They're literally just lying to me the whole time because they're embarrassed because they don't eat as well as they think they do, or at least they don't eat what they think would be well. 
Um, so you, the same thing is happening with these epidemiological studies is people are lying on these, most likely lying on these surveys. The surveys aren't trustworthy. People's memories are bad. And also they don't want to be completely honest. They want to say the healthiest version of themselves. And they also suffer from another thing called the healthy user bias. So people in Loma Linda, California, and Okinawa, Japan, not only are they eating an incredibly or, – or this low-fat, high-carb, vegetable, plant-based diet, but they're also living a generally healthy lifestyle outside of this. So they're, they're exercising a lot. They don't retire. Um, people in Loma Linda, California have a religion that tells them they're not allowed to drink alcohol. They're not allowed to smoke cigarettes. They're not allowed to indulge in these things. So they suffer from this healthy user bias where people who are typically vegan, vegetarian are more health conscious. So they're going to have all of these other healthy habits that might go into why they live longer than other people. So we don't really, we, we're not isolating the diet. What we really want, and Chris Kresser makes this, this claim, what we really want is randomized controlled trials uh, of diets that control for one or two variables um, that we're trying to test to see if the outcome is in one direction or the other. And right now, we don't have a lot of those. We have a lot of mouse studies that are randomized controlled trials that are obviously the whole lifespan of a, of a mouse that point in certain directions, but we don't have a lot of uh, human trials that are long-term. The max randomized controlled trials that we have are about two years. So we don't know over the lifespan of a human what's the optimal diet to live to 100, 110, 120 in good health and feeling good. And that's pretty much if you listen to that debate between Chris Kresser and Joel Kahn. Um, you know, Chris Kresser is saying saturated fats are not bad. There's no randomized controlled trials to back that up. Joel Kahn is saying, but look at all these people in these blue zones eating a, lim a diet limited in, in, in fat. And at the end, I think Chris Kresser made some better points. Um, but at the end, I'm still coming away feeling like, hey, we just don't have the research yet. You know, because you have these two very smart people saying completely different things. Then I listened to a debate between Chris Kresser and James Wilkes. James Wilkes is one of the producers for that show, uh, that movie, Game Changers on Netflix. It was a fascinating documentary. You should definitely go check it out if you have not. But Chris Kresser... Uh, didn't perform quite as well in this debate against James Wilkes. James Wilkes was clearly very prepared for this debate to attack uh, Chris Kresser on his claims and on his experience and his qualifications as a nutritionist. And instead of actually having to defend the claims of the movie, the claims of the movie, if you haven't seen the movie Game Changers, it's all about how the vegan diet is the best diet for you and for high performance. And eating meat and eating dairy is not just bad for you, but it might cause cancer. They don't necessarily directly say that it causes cancer, but they alluded to that. And as much as they want to say, well, we didn't say that, they compared meat and cigarettes almost one for one directly. So they're pretty much saying meat is bad for you. And James Wilkes over and over in this podcast, it's on the Joe Rogan experience again, um, keeps saying you know, meat, I think meat is bad for you. I think dairy is bad for you. And then he doesn't bring up any research to back that claim, but he just keeps de making Chris defend his claims. And uh, a lot of people came out, e even Joe Rogan came out with the impression that, okay, well, James Wilkes did a good job defending the claims of the movie because pretty much what had happened before is Chris Kresser had debunked the movie on the Joe Rogan podcast. Then he brought them both in the same room. From there, I was like, well, what what just happened? Because I'm listening to this guy, Chris Kresser, who just really kind of walked all over this guy, Joel Kahn, 
And now with James Wilkes, he, he, he really didn't have a, a leg to stand on. But what they don't tell you and what Chris didn't really press James on was the movie was funded by a soy company, um, the, the movie Game Changer. So soy is a direct competitor. If you talk about like soy milk uh, and soy products to dairy products. So you have a giant conflict of interest there. And the problem with James Wilkes' arguments in my mind was he kept making these appeals to authority. He kept mentioning these large organizations that do all this nutrition research and say, how can these, like he was talking about the recommendations that they provide humans. And he was like, how can all these organizations be wrong? I'm not supposed to listen to Chris Cresser, who's an acupuncturist, but I'm not supposed to listen to the American Heart Association and, and the, you know, the U.S. military and so on and so forth. All these people were making these claims around veganism. So then I read an article by Lane Norton. Um, I think it's his Instagram handle is at BioLane. He's a really interesting guy, big bodybuilder, giant dude, powerlifter guy. And he, <laughs> he debunked the debate about the debunking of the, the movie Game Changers. And he read a really fat, wrote a really fascinating article. It was like an hour-long read. It was very thorough. And he talks about all the individual claims that the movie Game Changers makes in the, the sort of the debate between James and Chris. And he sort of debunks a lot of the claims that James makes. And one of the things he keeps saying about James's arguments is he keeps making these appeals to authority. And he says this about 10 or 15 times, and he makes comments about James's appeals to authority, how they're not real arguments. Uh, Lane Norton's stance primarily is, if you've ever heard of if it fit, fits your macros, pretty much you can eat what you want as long as it fits your macronutrient requirements, your three primary macros being fats, carbs, and uh, proteins. And he's also a lean uh, lean meat guy, so he thinks you should be eating more lean meats versus uh, high fat meats and eating a diet that's primarily carbohydrate based. So his arguments were, so he was he didn't really talk too much about you know, he wasn't really defending like lean meats. He was pretty much just saying how meat isn't bad for you and dairy is not bad for you, and he was citing some sources. But then he talks about um, he ends up talking about protein quality like sources like meat that are high-quality protein sources versus low-quality protein sources like a lot of the vegan proteins um, such as beans and soy, so on and so forth. And so uh, he he starts to push back on James's arguments about vegan protein, how you can eat one for one, and it'll be the same thing. And he thinks that uh, muscle and muscle tissue and uh, meat – is a better quality protein source. And then he brings up these two researchers who both make the claim that high-quality meat protein is better than vegan proteins or vegetable-based proteins. And then instead of arguing why these high-quality proteins matter, he just makes the appeal to authority that these researchers know what they're talking about and we should listen to them. So he's... (laughs) He's talking about James Wilkes and criticizing him for making these appeals to authorities. But then towards the end of the podcast, he makes the same appeal to authority that James Wilkes does. Um, So pretty much what we're seeing is all of these people, because there's no long-term randomized controlled high-quality studies of the human diet and what we should be doing. Since there's none of these studies, everybody's cherry-picking and making appeals to authority and having beliefs that they're trying to back and defend versus just saying like, hey, 
we don't really know. So let's move forward with the idea that we don't know, but let's keep researching and try and find out. And unfortunately, it's going to take an entire lifetime for us to know from here moving forward because the longest trials that we have are about a couple of years. Um, there's no trials that I know of that are ongoing that are like 20 years in the making that will end up being a lifetime. So we might have to wait a really long time to suss all this out because everybody's clearly having all these biases because they can cherry pick in either direction as to how they think they should eat based on their own personal belief systems. Then I listened to a podcast with Lane Norton and Don Agostino. Don Agostino is a proponent of the keto diet. My outcome from there was uh, we still don't know. But I have a hard time with Lane Norton's arguments because he says like you can eat pizza and you can eat Pop-Tarts. Obviously, people probably like this. Uh, you can do these things as long as you're in a caloric deficit and you're fitting it all within your macros. One of the reasons I'm unconvinced that this is a good argument is because I'm really more focused on longevity than I am about anything else. And I'm not necessarily sure that nutrition sources that are that low quality like Pop-Tarts are going to be good for you long term. But unfortunately, I just don't know the physiology behind that to really make that claim. I think there are a few rules, though, that might be true around nutrition now that we sort of realize that nobody knows how you should eat, right? These are some of the most well-researched people in the space, and they're all saying completely different things. And uh, and w the outcome is we don't know. I'm not sure if you should be eating vegan or high fat. I'm not convinced that saturated fats are bad for you, nor am I convinced that vegan protein sources are low quality. But I think there are a few rules that you could follow that'll give you the results you're looking for, which is typically for most humans, living longer, um, having a better body composition, and being more generally fit, having a stronger heart. Here are the four rules that I think you should follow based on my research up to this point, and I might change these rules. I don't think the rules set in stone. I think they're like recommendations that might change. I think eating a diet that's low in seed oil, so low in vegetable oil, canola oil, there's a, uh, a link that I'll put in the show notes to an article by Dr. Kate Shanahan about which seed oils you should stay away from. I think if you stay away from certain seed oils, you'll have better heart health. So instead, be eating olive oil, uh, butter, uh, dairy-based products. Um, and we'll sort of talk about seed oils in another podcast possibly. Um, so stay away from bad seed oils like Stop eating french fries. Um, start doing intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting has been proven to increase longevity in primarily mouse studies. But it also helps restrict calories because most people are overeating. So if you do intermittent fasting, if you have like a 16-hour fasting window, you might be in a good space and you just eat within like an 8-hour window. That's a long conversation for another day. Try to stay away from your refined sugars and simple carbohydrates. So eat if you're going to eat carbohydrates like eat complex carbohydrates like whole wheat and you know stuff like that uh, and stay away from you know junk food with refined uh, sugars and I have a yeah come on. I'm doing a I'm doing a podcast right now about all the stuff we talked about yesterday <laughs> um, so eat less of these refined sugars and you'll probably be in a better space um, so we talked about the intermittent fasting then we talked about carbohydrates or uh, refined sugars, the seed oils. And then the last recommendation would be just try to stay away from alcohol. Alcohol is not just empty calories, but you know it's just as bad as cigarettes when it comes to just being terrible for you. So try to stay away from alcohol. And those are the basic four rules that I would say um, you, know, you can follow and be in 
cover most of your bases. But I would say the fasting um, is probably one that's a little more up in the air. But I think most of the people would agree with the other ones, like refined sugars and so on and so forth. But Lane Norton is going to make the claim that refined sugars actually aren't as bad for you as we might think. Um, again, he says eating Pop-Tarts might be okay. Another rule that I think Lane Norton talks about that I think you should consider is make sure you're eating the appropriate amount of calories so don't overeat because overeating is probably the primary thing that leads to obesity and being overweight. Uh, but those are the four rules. And again, as far as the state of nutrition we really just don't know what to do at this point. I'm going to keep doing research to try to find out more. And as I do so, I'll keep making podcasts and talking about what I find. But I don't have a specific stance as to whether you should be vegan or carnivore or somewhere in between. Uh, all I know is that there's a few rules that you can follow, like don't overeat, do intermittent fasting, stay away from alcohol and junk food, and you should be covering most of your bases. So that is it for what is the best diet. I didn't give you an answer to that question. I made a promise that I didn't fulfill, but maybe over time we'll actually figure it out.